Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover. My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen. And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So Gina? Yes, Sonia? I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, and with me always is the beautiful Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Hey, Gina. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Are you excited that we're talking about a movie that you picked this week? I am so pumped. Oh, boy. Okay. I am so pumped. Yay. So we are going to be talking about Face Off today. So if anybody who hasn't been listening, usually I pick the movies, um, but we earned enough friend points in our last episode so that Sonia got to pick the movie this time. It was glorious. It was a glorious feeling for sure. Yeah. Um, So we're going to be talking about Face Off, but before we do, we're going to start with our traditional friendship. You know, and before we even get to the friend share, um, if anybody was following us on Instagram a few months ago, you saw that Sonia and I actually got to get together in person for the first time since last October, right? Yeah, it was. And even last October when we saw each other, it was very weird. Um, We actually got to hug each other and sit near each other. And it was really, really so lovely. I know, right? And you know what, Sonia, the last time we saw each other in person in October, that was when we came up with the idea for this podcast. It's so true. Oh my God, you're right. So much has happened since then. That's crazy. I know. I know. And what was, what was really cool aside from being able to hang out and hug each other and eat and drink together um, was to, you know, catch up and talk. But for I think, you know, just so everybody knows, it was kind of hard at points because there were things that we wanted to talk about, but then we were like, oh no, wait, we have to save that for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Gina actually asked me specifically about my friend share and I was like, I can't can't tell you right now. And I didn't know I did. And she started talking about it. And then Sonia was like, well, that was going to be my friend share. So I'm not going to say anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, actually, I, I, I need to stop talking about this Yeah. And I realized that I did the same thing. Like I had a friend share ready for today, but I talked a little bit about it um, when we got together, but I'm just going to go with the same one. So my friend share is, um, this episode is going to come out probably towards the end of the summer, but right now it's like right at the beginning, school has ended for me. And one of the things that I was most excited to do when school was over was hang out with my sister. Because we usually have a sister day where we like go see a movie and go out to eat and have some drinks and just like hang out. No boys allowed. And we finally got to do that last week. And we actually, I was so awesome. And we actually like went to see a movie in a movie theater. Um, And it was the first time I got to see a movie in a movie theater since um, before the pandemic. And the last movie I saw in the theaters was with my sister on our last sister day was uh, Little Women. So and what did you see this time? I know I asked you, but for our audience, right, we'll pretend that we didn't have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we saw In the Heights. Nice. And it was so good. I loved it. It made me wish that I was a better dancer. I bet you could work on it. I, I guess I could if I if I really wanted to and had the time Um, but it was, it was just, uh, it was a beautiful story and it was so fun. And the the music was 
awesome. And of course, the whole time I was like, I'm going to show this in my film class next year. And I already have ideas of how I'm going to teach it. So I can't wait. Oh, it was a glorious day with my sister. We saw a great Aww. movie. We had delicious food. We had some drinks and ice cream. Yum. Oh, wait, there was no drinks. Just kidding. But there was ice cream. <laughs> next time. Yeah, next, next time, next time. <laughs> and you can make her one of the many cocktails that you've learned how to make over the past several months. Oh my God, I totally will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. My friend share is that I went to a concert. I went to one and I know just, I apologize in advance. And this is probably something that will keep me up at night. I know I previously, like only a couple episodes, I had a friend share that I was going to a concert, but that one wasn't until September. So just as things are continuing to get put on the calendar, um, we got tickets to see Trey Anastasio in at the Beacon Theater. um, And that happened in June. It was the third full capacity concert in New York City. since the pandemic started um and it was super fun it was so nice to just have like a normal night out in the city that was like felt very much like times before like it took us so long to find parking because people are out again um and then we this was the main thing that I wanted to tell you that I thought was cool um we so we were going to go to one restaurant but then uh we found that it took so long to get parking that we ended up parking like kind of far away from the restaurant and wanted to not be rushed, but also not go to like a bar. Because if you do generally, if you go to a bar before the, like, I'm sure this is true of every band, but especially with like fish concerts and fish adjacent concerts, if you go to a bar ahead of time, it's super packed with like all of the fans, which is great and wonderful but it's also really loud and that's just like not what Sean and I like to do so we always tend to go to like nicer restaurants not like super fancy but nicer so we just like saw this Italian restaurant that's a chain um that we've been to before though not this particular location so we went and we sat down and then over at like two tables over was Trey's dad what yeah (laughs) we're like there's Trey's dad and that's the second time that we've seen him. Um, there was one New Year's run a couple years ago, uh, 2019 actually. And um, on the morning of one of the one of the four shows, we just like went to a diner, and his dad was there. Oh my god, that's so crazy! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I feel like that's the universe saying that you need to make friends with him, and then you'll get to meet Trey yourself one day. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I'm too shy for that. <laughs> I'm too shy to say hi to his dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> saying hi to him would be um would be tough. You should just like, you know, as you're leaving or, you know, brush do a brush by it and just be like, hey Trey's dad, you know, and and just like wave and your son's move awesome. On. I'm sure it happens to him all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I have I have two questions slash comments for you. Mm-hmm. What is a fish adjacent concert? What do you mean like, by that? Like this was Trey by himself. Okay. So it wasn't Fish. Um, or if it was one of their side bands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I that's what I'm defining as fish adjacent. Okay. And then my second thing is also more of a comment. You'll be so proud of me. Um, because I was on Facebook. I think I have a friend who went to the same concert as you, who's also a huge fish fan. Oh, nice. But, um, and she, and on her Facebook, you know, it was like with Trey and, you know, his last name. And I was really excited because I knew who that was. Yeah. Oh, because nice. of you. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I've been like, Trey, huh? <laughs> huh? 
who's this guy? So, yeah. Oh, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, um, today we are drinking a drink called a Boulevardier, mm-hmm. um, which is very similar to a Negroni. I don't know if you recall. So a Negroni is one part gin, Aperol. Nope, nope, nope. You use Aperol. I use Aperol. Campari is the regular recipe and one part sweet vermouth. The Boulevardier is one part whiskey, one part Campari or Aperol in your case, and one part sweet vermouth. So I chose this drink because I felt like it was basically this movie you're taking the face off of the Negroni and you are oh. putting whiskey in it. So you like, you think you're having a drink, but it's, it's actually, you think you're getting Sean Archer, but you're really getting Caster Troy. Hmm. <laughs> I really like your thinking behind that. I was wondering when I saw the recipe, I was wondering how this had anything to do with the movie. <laughs> It is the movie, Gina. It it is is the the movie. movie. I totally get it. And it is delicious. Cheers to you. Cheers. So again, since Gina made hers with Aperol, hers is going to be a little bit sweeter and a little less strong than mine. I have to say that I'm, I'm starting to be able to detect the different ingredients now because like, like when I first, when I took my first sip of this, I could, I could pick out the sweet vermouth. Mm -hmm. You're becoming an expert. I'm becoming an expert. I have a very refined palate now for cocktails. You do. Right? (laughs) You do. So should we start talking about the movie, Sonia? I think we should. All right, let's do it. All right, so Face Off was released in 1997, directed by John Woo, written by Mike Werb and Michael Colliery. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Kaliri, maybe. Um, starring Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy, John Travolta as Sean Archer, and Joan Allen as Eve Archer. Um, I, I kept the list short today. Okay. So, um, and in the spirit of Nope, Never Saw It, Sonia, I made a list of films that are connected to each of these names that I've just shared with you. So I am going to read off the titles. And if you've seen it, you just say, duh, of course I've seen that. And if you haven't, what do you say? Nope, never saw it. All right, here we go. John Woo, who was the director of Face Off, directed many, many other action films. Um, So I'm trying, again, I'm just going with one that I know I've definitely seen, Mission Impossible 2. Oh, gosh. Um, I've definitely seen the first one. Mm -hmm. Is Carrie Russell in the first one? Do you know? Carrie Russell? Yeah. Isn't she in like, she's like a very small part, I think. I honestly don't even remember Carrie let's Russell just, being in the first one. <laughs> let's just go with Nope, Never Saw It. Okay. And could po- also possibly may- be making up details about this movie franchise <laughs> in the first place. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, and Face Off was also written by Mike Werb and Michael Kaliri. Um, Mike Werb also wrote The Mask. Jim Carrey? Mm-hmm. Nope, never saw it. Okay. All right. And then Michael Kaliri and Mike Werb also collaborated on Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Nope, never saw it. You know what? I've never seen it either. Yeah. But that was the only movie that they had done together, other one that they had done together that I had heard of. But I've never seen it. Although I, for some reason, just seeing that made me want to dress up like her for Halloween this year. 
I feel like I could pull it off. You totally could. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Actor Nicolas Cage, who uh, plays the role of Caster Troy, was also in the following movies. Now, he's been in a ton of movies and very, very... Um, I mean, he just kind of plays the spectrum. Um, side note, I was just watching, and I can't remember if it was an episode of How I Met Your Mother, where they had this whole um, debate in an episode about whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor. And That's I, a very important debate, and I feel like we're going to have it. Yeah, I think we might get into that today. Um, so it was really interesting to see like all of these different movies that he's been in. So I picked out ones that that I remember and ones that I really like or just really remember very strongly. <laughs> so the first one is Moonstruck. Nope, never saw it. Oh, man, that is such a classic. I, I, I love that movie. Well, it's funny because um, I was telling my cousins that I was watching this movie and I'm pretty sure they all know that I love this movie. Um, but we also, for some reason, all of us, all it's me and my girl cousins, we all talk about Nicolas Cage like a lot, mm -hmm. like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I said that I was watching this movie and my sister's response was that she wanted to watch Moonstruck. Okay, I think you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you another funny Nicolas Cage story? Yeah. And then we'll get back into it. Sorry, guys, this is important. So, <laughs> so every year, do you know how every year for Christmas, my family, we have a worst gift competition? Yes. Okay. So one year, my worst gift, I sent it to my brother and his wife was a pillowcase. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> depicted Nicolas Cage. Um, like it was like a leopard print yeah, it was like a leopard print. And I think he's like curled up on a bed or leopard print like blankets or something looking very seductively. Oh, I was thinking you can get a pillow that's like sequins. And when mm -hmm. you like run your hand on it one way, it's mm -hmm. just a, like a sequined pattern. And then if you do the other way, it's his face. Oh, for real? <laughs> that sounds amazing. I feel like that would be a better gift than the one I gave because there's like that sensory Mm -hmm. element to it you know Next this one was time. this one was just him staring at you I don't know if they kept it I hope they did I hope so too I'll have to ask them all right so Moonstruck you have not seen have you seen The Rock yes okay um have you seen Matchstick Men uh nope never saw it that's actually a good movie I really like him in that movie and then this last one very classic Nick Cage Con Air put the bunny in the basket <laughs> But nope, I've <laughs> never seen the it. bunny down. <laughs> You've never seen it? No. <laughs> Put the bunny down. <laughs> oh, I thought the bunny was supposed to go into a basket. No, it used to put him down. I mean, it probably did go in a basket, but he was told, to, yeah. All right. That might, we'll have to, we'll have to throw this one in there because you got to see it. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on to John Travolta, who plays Sean Archer. He was also in the following movies. Again, another actor who has been in so many films and a variety of different roles. So I just picked the ones that are some of my favorites. No judging. First movie, Grease. Yes, of course, I've seen oh, that. Thank God, Sonia, that movie was a staple of my, like, when I say childhood, I mean, like, when I was four years old. Aww. I used to watch it all the time. I wanted to be Olivia Newton-John. I used to sing Hopelessly Devoted to You all the time. My dad may or may not recently have given me the soundtrack on vinyl. Ooh. <laughs> so if you want to come over and listen to it. Yes. <laughs> 
absolutely okay he was also in the movie saturday night fever nope never saw it okay look who's talking yes i've seen that okay and hairspray nope never saw it and i don't think i want to (laughs) the original i would see but that remake i don't know about that yeah yeah no the original with ricky lake right it was yeah. Ricky Lake and yeah. yeah that was pretty good the 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 remake was pretty good too I actually enjoyed it but I won't if you really really don't want to see it I'm still gonna make you see it so okay. just beware Sonia all right and then Joan Allen as Eve Archer was also in the following movies Peggy Sue got married nope never saw it incidentally Nicolas Cage also stars in that movie oh hey yeah I know right um Pleasantville yes I love okay. that movie all right. I know it's so good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one, I'm pretty confident that you see that you've seen, cause I remember you mentioning that you have seen this entire series, the born supremacy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and again, as we continue on our quest to prove that every movie, um, is connected to the television show friends in some way, I did find a friend's connection. Sonia, did you find one? I didn't find a direct connection. Okay. So I'm assuming yours is like somehow connected to like degrees of separation connection, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't have one because I didn't look into it. So my friend's connection um, is this Gina Gershon who Mm -hmm. plays Sasha was in the movie PS. I love you. That also co-starred Lisa Kudrow. Have you seen PS? I love you. Nope, never saw it. Okay. That's another, that's another, that's actually a good movie. It's one of those movies that I, I, when it's on, I just have, it's just like a movie like, oh, I'll just watch this, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's entertaining and enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. I feel like we've just added several movies to the list. I know. Right. And now since I chose this movie in our last episode, you gave a plot summary face off. I did. Are you ready to hear your plot summary? I'm ready. Okay, here it goes. If I remember correctly, John Travolta is a cop or detective or something, and Nick Cage is this really terrible criminal that John Travolta has been trying to chase. Um, and somehow they end up in some science lab, and someone comes up with a great idea of, hey, Let's give John Travolta Nicolas Cage's face so that he can infiltrate his posse and we can find out what their next bad thing is that they're going to do. And so he does that. And then Nick Cage wakes up and takes John Travolta's face and things happen. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I I, I think the only error is that you had them in there in the science lab at the same time. That's true. I couldn't remember how they ended up there. Yeah. So yeah, but but otherwise, I kind of nailed it, right? I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> Things did happen. <laughs> All right. I did write a real plot summary. Okay. I'm gonna apologize in advance because I don't know if I can get through this without laughing. <laughs> I've tried when I wrote it the other night, I read it to Lee and Brian, and I could not. I couldn't, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. I'm going to make sure not to drink my drink while you're <laughs> Don't drink your this. drink, all right? Because you're going to spit it out and make a mess. Or, or maybe you won't think it's as funny as I do. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Here is my real plot summary. <clears throat> 
Sean Archer, an FBI agent, is on a mission to avenge the death of his six-year-old son who was murdered by Castor Troy, a notorious criminal with a penchant for peaches. Even though Sean... <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. <Rain laughs> in. I'll edit. I'll edit that out. <laughs> so I can't, I can't contain myself. All right. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> it's not funny. It's very serious. It's not funny. It's very serious. Take two. Sean Archer, an FBI agent, is on a mission to avenge the death of his six-year-old son who was murdered by Castor Troy, a notorious criminal with a penchant for peaches. Even though Sean catches his nemesis, whose life precariously rests on the fringes of death, the adventure is just beginning. In an epic battle of good versus evil, worlds are turned upside down when good decides to wear evil's face, evil is resurrected and wears good's face, and face waterfalls conquer all. <laughs> face waterfalls. Oh, that's really good, though. I mean, it's a little confusing with all of the good and evil references. But, you know, as someone who's seen this movie a countless number of times, I followed it completely. Okay, good. Thank you. That was great. That was not too bad for my first real plot summary. I think you did a a fabulous job. Thank you. Um, All right. So, Sonia, you picked this movie. Mm -hmm. You said that this is your favorite movie. And I really, really, really cannot wait to hear why <laughs> this is your favorite movie. So tell um, me everything. I, well, I don't really know why it's my favorite movie. Um, I saw it in the theater with my cousin. So I think partly it's because um, I just like have a fond memory of going to see the movie with her. And we also thought it was going to be so, so ridiculous. And it is. But it's actually not terrible. So I feel like because I went in with such low expectations, I was actually quite pleased that there was like a real plot. And the performances of both actors, I thought, were really good. Um, I liked how they were portraying each other. Um, And also I was like, I don't know, maybe like 14 at the time this came out so like also really not um hard to impress (laughs) but I do love this movie and also some of the things I love about it are similar to why I loved um the matrix like I love the action scenes I love like a good like gun battle um you know just those even the the like And I think, like, John Woo is known for his shots of, like, a dove flying through the air. And then there's, like, one scene in the very beginning where where Castor Troy gets out of the limo and the wind takes his jacket. And just, like, those small um, creative choices that are trying to, like, show how badass someone is. I just, like, really appreciate those in film for some odd, odd reason. But I have seen this movie so many times. And... I was actually afraid that watching it this time, knowing that we were going to be talking about it and that people would be hearing us talk about it, that I would be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed that (laughs) I publicly (laughs) stated that this is my favorite movie, but I stand by it. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) It's so good. I, I, I think it's very respectable that you're standing by it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this movie so much. Well, that makes me think that you did not have as great a time watching it 
and I can't remember, you have seen it before? I have seen it before. Okay. Um, I also saw it in the theaters when it first came out. I'm, I, I'm, confident that I saw it with my boyfriend in college who loved these kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. I remember being thoroughly entertained the entire time. Since then, when I've revisited it (laughs) a couple of times, um, it gets a little bit more ridiculous to me, if I'm being honest, because, well, and also, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. And this may have tarnished my perspective of the film. I did tell you in our last episode that I had a very interesting fun fact about this movie that I was going to wait to share with you. Mm -hmm. And that fun fact is that I very briefly dated someone who was an extra on the movie. Wow. (laughs) Like very briefly dated and you can see him <laughs> in, uh-huh. in, in one of the scenes. He's in the background and he's blurry, but I know it's him. But that being said. Which scene? The scene when um, it's when John Travolta, who is Caster Troy as Sean Archer. Um, it's, I think it's after he has diffused the bomb. Uh-huh. And he's back in the FBI building and he walks into the office and everyone's applauding him and he's doing his like yep. showboating. I'm the greatest thing. The, this guy that I dated um, is one of the FBI agents. Oh, wow. Yeah. And wow. I know this because when we dated, he, he had mentioned it. I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> It's a fun movie and it's interesting because I, I have done some research and the face transplant thing is actually, this is something that um, does exist. I did a little bit of a deep dive because okay. I, I remember reading, I think it was an article in Time Magazine a few years ago about people who have had a face transplant um, and it wasn't so much about the actual procedure, but about um, the emotional, like how people impact that it has on a person because now they have a completely different face Mm -hmm. and it was really, really fascinating. So when I watched this movie again for this podcast, it reminded me of that. So I, I, I did a little bit of research, so I'll just share a little bit of what, of what I read. So the world's first partial face transplant took place in 2005 in France. And then the first full face transplant was completed in Spain in 2010. Um, I also learned that uh, a person in need of a new face does need a donor. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, just as someone um, may donate, you know, or organs might be donated in passing, um, they could also donate their face to someone if needed and if there's um, the compatibility there. Um, I read that one man's transplant surgery took 30 hours and over 100 medical personnel were involved in the, in the procedure. Um, another man who received a face transplant um, had to have his mirror in his hospital room and cell phone removed. They, he wasn't allowed to look at his reflection for three weeks um, and wow. until three weeks after the surgery. So there was some really, really interesting information out there. So the, the concept of transplanting a face is actually a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, you know, as far as suspending disbelief, like that, that is something that can be done. 
Um, I think that the recovery time for each of the characters, like Castor Troy, I feel like it was within 24 hours, he gets Sean Archer's face and then, and then has like taken over his life already. And, and the next day he's, he's um, at the prison rubbing it and, and, you know, the real Sean Archer's face, like, look what I got. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a little bit, again, it's, it's an action movie. It's, it's entertainment. Like they're just, there are a lot of things that, that um, need to be let go of. Um, so it wasn't so much that, but there were, but there were, I mean, I, and I do agree with, I, I do like John Woo's style. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those slow motion moments, especially like, you know, and, and I know exactly which scene you're talking about when Castor Troy gets out of the limo and yep. yeah, and the wind blows and you see his guns and, um, <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I think the same thing, like, oh, it's so badass. Mm-hmm. Um, but also and- at the same time, you're also like, this is so bad. <laughs> badass. <laughs> so- <laughs> because it's so over the top it's so ridiculous yeah, yeah. like it, this is not at all a movie of cinematic glory but it's certainly not I mean <laughs> it is cinematic glory really but it's not like <laughs> you know it's not gonna win like best screenplay or anything like right that. yeah no I think I think it's a movie that you have to go into knowing that it's going to be ridiculous and, and accepting that it's going to be ridiculous and, and just, you know, enjoy it and have fun. Um, but, and, but that's, you know, we mentioned briefly the, this debate about whether or not Nicolas Cage is, is a good actor or not. And, and I was thinking about that the whole entire movie, um, because when he's Castor Troy, he is so over the top, like the, the scene that well first of all the first time we see him is when he's arming the bomb he's Mm -hmm. dressed as a priest and then there's this giant hallelujah chorus and he walks up to a young choir girl and grabs her ass and basically Mm -hmm. orgasms which was very weird yeah really (laughs) gross yeah like really gross and he and then when he's on the plane, he, he tells, what, what was it? He said to the, why don't you suck my tongue oh, or God. something? Like <laughs> I forgot about that line. You know, there were just like little things like that. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Um, but it made me, but then when he is Sean Archer, I feel like he carried that role really well. Honestly. I agree. Yeah. And I, I and think I, this is his best work. I mean, granted, I have not seen many of his movies, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like he did a really, really great job in this movie. I, I did think it was really interesting that how he was able to um, flip back and forth between those two roles. And, and I did read that he initially turned down the role um, because he didn't want to play a villain. But then once he realized he's actually the hero for most of the movie, he was like, yeah. I'm in you know, because he really is. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, it's so, you know, I've obviously, again, I've seen this movie a million times and I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. And I feel like with this viewing, there were definitely things that I noticed that I hadn't really noticed before. And I think some of it too, is like, we've talked about the age that you watch anything, really, you sort of pick up on different things or certain parts of that movie impact you differently. And you had mentioned before, like the emotional impact of having somebody else's face. And I think, um, you know, it's always there. And it's clearly, you know, any age that you're watching this movie, it's very difficult. It's, It's easy to imagine how difficult it must be for somebody to have to 
wear the face of their mortal enemy, wear the face of the person who murdered their young child. But I feel like this was really the first time that those scenes really stuck out to me, like where he, you know, right after he gets the face and he's looking in the mirror and he just breaks down and then turns around to everybody in the room. And he's like, fuck you, fuck you. Like, cause he's just so mad. And I think like, I feel like the first couple times I've seen this movie that scene always felt really awkward to me kind of like okay like now you're being over the top but now Mm -hmm. like that wasn't so over the top anymore because I can I can't imagine what that would be like um like what the emotion would feel like to to have that face I feel like his character had more range and got to play with that range a little bit more than um than John Travolta did. Although I could only imagine that John Travolta had so much fun. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> playing that role. <laughs> I mean, you know, based on other movies that I've seen him in, I, this is, I, I feel like this was kind of a departure. I mean, maybe I haven't, I mean, I've seen a lot of John Travolta movies. I haven't seen all of them. Um, but, uh, but this was just, it was such an interesting role I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was fun watching them essentially do impressions of each other. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, are they doing impressions of the characters? Are they doing impressions of each other? I, you know what I, does that make sense what I'm? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I read that they spent, um, as they were preparing for the movie, they spent time together and then sort of decide, both of them together decided on like how the characters should speak and like what their intonations would be because I think they wanted to also make sure of course that they were able to accurately portray each other Mm -hmm. um so I found that fascinating and also like it kind of seems like an easy way out but also really smart because if you know if one character or one actor makes a character choice that the other one just can't do like you're just setting yourself up for it to not be a as amazing a movie as it truly is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and I will say, I think that, um, I think that John Woo did a really great job playing with reflections and mirrors. Yeah. Throughout the film. Yeah. Which now, okay. I'm just realizing something because this, this is something super nitpicky that's been bothering me since, um, basically since I started preparing for this episode, because the title of the movie has Mm -hmm. a slash Mm -hmm. and as an English teacher, it really bothers me because, and I, and I know I read that the reason why he, Wu insisted that there be a slash there was because he didn't want people to think that it was a hockey movie. Yeah, that's right. Which, okay. If you, (laughs) if you see a preview for it, you know, it's not a hockey movie. That's neither here nor there. But I, I just didn't understand why a slash and not like a hyphen or something, because if you look up what a slash is for, you will, you will find that a slash is most often used to represent exclusive or inclusive or division and fractions or as like a date separator. Mm-hmm. So knowing like what slashes are used for, it was really bothering me that it, we have face slash off, which grammatically doesn't make sense. Well, but, but date separator, date, date separator. separator, you're separating the face from off. It's a separator. It's a separator. 
No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of separating the parts of a date, it's signifying that you're taking the face off. Not following? I'm not following you, but I but I believe because it's, it's a huge stretch. <laughs> but I believe in you. Yeah. But here's what I'm thinking because because I was just saying how I think Wu did a really good job of incorporating mirrors and reflections into the movie. And and now that I'm even thinking about it, you know, aside from the scene where we have Caster, Troy, and Sean Archer, and it's after that like huge massacre with the somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, and Dietrich's song. house. Right. And they're surrounded by this circle of mirrors and one standing on one side and one's on the other and the mirror breaks and they're pointing their guns at each other. But there are a lot of other moments in the film where we have that mirroring of the two, like Mm -hmm. in the beginning when they're in the airplane hangar and they pull a gun on each other. Um, you know, also when we're, uh, in the, what did I, oh, I called it the science lab, (laughs) right. Um, when we don't see there's, there's just a lot of use of reflections in this film. So it could, is the slash supposed to be like a mirror? Like, I mean, maybe let's go with that because that's awesome. That's an awesome theory. I'll just go with that because otherwise this is going to seriously bother me for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the separator, uh, theory is also one to consider. Mm -hmm. You know what we'll put on the, we'll post on the gram. We'll have people vote. Yeah. Or share their own theories of why, why we have a slash. Yeah. I think your theory is, is better than mine. Well, thank you. Welcome. I, but I'll also contend that I don't think people would have thought this was a hockey movie. I don't know. I mean, did this come out at the same, like around the same time that like sudden death came out and I don't know, it's possible. I don't even know what movie that is. It's with Jean-Claude Van Damme and he like is on the penguins but he never saw it (laughs) that's a movie (laughs) it's a movie it's a movie oh Oh my um, gosh (laughs) well I did also think this was also the first time I noticed some like pretty serious plot holes in this movie Mm -hmm. um let's talk about those namely that it you know part of the reason why this whole thing happens is because it's a top secret mission and then Nicolas Cage wakes up and and kills everybody who knows about it and then assumes Sean Archer's life. But here are some things that I think are interesting. It kind of seems like after the FBI agents who know about this operation are killed, no one seems to notice that they're missing. So that's number one. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they're not really mentioned. There's a newspaper article showing that it has happened because that's how Nicolas Cage learns about this and learns that he is basically trapped in this face and body. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two is it seems odd to me that when Caster Troy wakes up and then decides to take Sean Archer's face, he doesn't tell any of his friends. Like he only tells his brother. Mm -hmm. So he sort of is setting himself up for failure because he doesn't have Sasha and Dietrich on his side. Right. And maybe they weren't as close as I assumed they were, but it seems like they were like his main people. I mean, considering he had a child with Sasha and like, you know, they basically like Dietrich was doing whatever he could to protect him. Um, It just seems, it seems a little weird to me that there weren't more, there wasn't more attention on the FBI agents who were missing and, 
Caster Troy wasn't like more open about what had happened. But I guess I guess that's a secret you need to keep to be I, able to infiltrate the FBI. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I I also I my, my only thought as to why he might not have told anyone but his brother was maybe because he wasn't sure who he could trust after he right. ended up where he was in the first place. But um, but I, I also found I had a hard time wrapping my brain around, aside from Sean Archer agreeing to do this, um, them not telling anybody else outside of this very small circle of people. It just, it felt, to me, it felt like, I mean, obviously this happened because otherwise there wouldn't be a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is really kind of like the, the driving conflict now is that, you know, not only is Sean Archer now wearing Caster Troy's face, but nobody knows that he's really Sean Archer and he has no way to prove it. So I, I get that. Um, so, and that's, you know, it's like I said, like I, I can buy into the face transplant, but I couldn't buy into the FBI not having a better plan. Mm. you know yeah I mean I guess I in all the I mean I watch a lot of like crime shows and stuff and I think they would have all handled it in a really similar way but Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's because it's that's close to reality and those things really have to be so super confidential or it's because it's all helping the plot point right um I struggled with other little sometimes some of the finer details like when when uh, Sean Archer is having his face removed, he's going through that whole procedure. So they remove his face, they put it in like the water bin. Mm -hmm. And then, (laughs) and then, and while he has nothing covering his now like exposed muscle and tissue and fibers on his face, they decide to cut his hair. You know, like, wouldn't little hairs go into his face? And I couldn't help but think, wouldn't you do that before or maybe after he's healed? Like, I just, um, you know, that was kind of like. It it did seem like an inopportune time. It didn't seem like the right time to do that. And and another thing that that I had trouble with um, was when when Sean Archer, as Caster Troy, escapes from prison. So he dives into the water off of this giant oil rig. And then I don't know if I missed something. And then a few scenes later, he's like hanging, he's like skulking around outside some restaurant or country club and he steals a car. How did he get there? Did I miss something or were you supposed to assume he swam? You didn't, you just assume, I mean, he's FBI. So he had a lot of training um, and he could just swim. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> that, that that's all. Yeah, there were there were little things like that. I was like, well, how how did they get from A to Z? And I and know. again, it's like you, you you gloss over these things because we're because we're so into the action, you know, part of it, which which is which is fine. But it's it's just hard for me. I think in my older age, it's hard for me to like overlook those kinds of things. <laughs> um. Well, I do want to say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that is that scene where they first see each other mm-hmm. in the prison. Um, because, and, and again, like, I feel like this was the first time I really appreciated Nicholas. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even saying this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Sonia appreciated Nicholas Cage's performance. It's true. But his, like, 
both of them, their faces just like they look, you know, John Travolta looks up from the newspaper and like the sun is shining in his beautiful blue eyes and Nicolas Cage, you just see his face like register confusion and then just utter like desperation and sadness. And it's that scene is done so, so well um, to the point where I like want to watch it. <laughs> like a giant that one loser. scene <laughs> um but it's so good it's so good like I really just felt the pain that Sean Archer as Caster Joy must have felt to be like what are you doing here how is this even possible and then that he brings the newspaper to be like this is what I did buddy you're screwed suck on that peach I have a question for you okay so when Sean Archer fake Sean Archer goes home for the first time. He misses the house and then he like, you know, backs up and then, okay, I have two questions actually. Oh, I'm excited. And then he pulls, you know, he pulls in, Eve is outside. She's up, she's annoyed. Um, so question number one, when she's like, I have to go to work, like I have to go to the hospital. And he's like, Oh, why are you okay? And she's like, come on, Sean, you know, I have to go to work. Um, and then he says to her, I hate to watch you go, but I love to watch you leave. Mm-hmm. Is that where that line came from? Or was that like a pickup line before this movie? I, I don't know the like answer. That, I feel like that line existed before the okay. movie. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, wow, this movie really is groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> but my real question is, I feel like if someone came home wearing Sean's face and his body, and it wasn't Sean, Sean, my Sean, not Sean mm-hmm. Archer. Right. I think I would know in about three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you, like, do you, like, if that, you know, if, if Lee came home, wouldn't mm-hmm. you be like, hmm, something's wrong. <laughs> something's not right. Yeah. I feel like I would, I would, I would uh, pick up on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I also say, I hope this isn't inappropriate, but, you know, we do know that the fake Sean Archer does consummate correct relationship with Eve Archer. Mm-hmm. Did they, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, wouldn't that be different? I don't And as know. a wife, wouldn't you know? I mean, it <laughs> could just be like, I feel like the circumstances leading up to it mm-hmm. are about them. Like we need to reconnect. We need to like, you know, they set it up as though they hadn't been together for a long time. So like maybe if it was different, it was like a result of it being because of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So in, in a way I could almost see that being more believable than just like the day-to-day interactions. Like, you know, if all of a sudden Sean didn't know where the dishes were or like, you know, didn't call the dog by like the nickname that he calls him, I'd be Mm -hmm. like, this is something's wrong with you yeah who are you you're not you my husband yeah I'm do you know I'm talking about the penis right you know that's what I'm talking about oh but I think that <laughs> no I thought you just meant that like the actual like no not the act of time would be different I just mean like the physical penis like but they they oh I guess so did they, but did they modify that as well maybe they were in the dark and she couldn't tell okay I just feel like I don't know I thought you just meant like his moves were different. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the moves, the actual penis. Can I, can we say penis? On, well, I just said it I like think five so. times. 
I said the F word before. You did. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're good. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Um, Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. But that whole thing was weird. And then also like, okay, his interactions, fake Sean Archer's interactions with the daughter made me so uncomfortable. Oh, totally gross. And and then I didn't understand. So like he is from the get-go thinks the daughter is hot. Yeah. He's weirdly and uncomfortably seductive with her, but Mm -hmm. then like sort of like toes that line between seducing her and taking on the daddy role. And then in an interesting turn of events decides to actually be kind of a father when she's fighting off her boyfriend. Yeah. And he like gives her the knife and he's like, this is what you do next time, you know? Which is interesting because I feel like he is an aggressor mm-hmm. with women. So I thought it was odd that he would go out of his way to give her advice on how to fight a guy off. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like totally a plot point, but I sort of, I don't know, like I can see him being like, okay, this is my crew. So even though I don't really like you guys, you're my crew. So I'm going to protect you at all costs. That's true. I guess so. I don't know. I'm just making um, it up. I think though, like Sean Archer is definitely a well, a better, well, a much more developed character than Caster Troy is. I think. Like, mm-hmm. I think he is just sort of like a bad guy who does whatever the movie needs him to do. Yeah. And Sean is Sean is a more developed character and has like a real motive and really cares about people in general like even with the prison riot scene you know his that guy that helps him break out is just randomly killing people and he's like no stop doing that like because you know he doesn't want innocent people to die and then it's probably also I mean for him too when the when all of the when the raid happens at Dietrich's house like it's his friends coming in to attack him and he Mm -hmm. has to navigate that in a way to try to not have them die but you know ultimately of course many of them do I I totally agree and that actually leads to an observation that I made and again something that I I just couldn't wrap my mind around because it didn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. um so I completely agree that caster Troy's character is very one-dimensional yeah very static he's a villain from the beginning to the end I don't think he has really any redeeming moments at all maybe when he helps the daughter but it doesn't change him in any way so towards the end of the film when they are in the church um and caster the fake caster i mean the fake sean and the real sean have like a little bit of a standoff Mm -hmm. caster troy walks into he walks back into the sanctuary and he briefly poses like Jesus Christ on the mm-hmm. crucifix. Um, and then when he dies, he dies in that crucifix position. Yeah. So here's where I had some trouble with that. I don't understand why that choice was made because I feel like if you're going to have a character die in that pose, you are suggesting that that character is in some way synonymous with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not getting like religious here. I'm just stating a fact. Yeah. Um, Christ 
was a martyr, right? He died for others, the sins of other people. But Castor Troy just died because he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was hard for me to to feel like that was that that made sense other than it just looked cool. Um, and, See, and then it just made me, it, it kind of just made me question, well, like if, what was the point of that? In what way is he a martyr? Whose sins did he die for? And then I thought it would have been really interesting to have some kind of a backstory that would give him some dimension, you know, like you need the he, prequel. I need the prequel. Like, did he have a rough <laughs> upbringing? Um, did he, did he fall into this line of work because he was protecting somebody? Like, I think if he had died protecting his brother or protecting his son, you yeah. know, showing that he at least had like a modicum of empathy, yeah. that would have been an interesting way to, to kill him off. But so I just felt like it was, it was way too gimmicky for me that he dies in that crucifix position. I don't know. Like, I, I and think, I know the whole movie's over the top, but I was just like, yeah. come on, come on, John I actually Woo. didn't, I didn't think that that was intentional. Oh no, no. Oh. Like, I mean, I know I, I, I like, I obviously I remember the scene where he like makes that, that jet in the church. And he like does the thing as though he's on the cross and then they very quickly like cut to Jesus just in case you aren't familiar with what they're trying to do. Right. <laughs> but I didn't, I assumed, I didn't think his death was meant to be a, like a connection to that at all. I think it was just the, almost the position that he had landed in because he had been backed up against the wall. And I think like it's instinctual to just sort of put your arms out if you're being right. backed up against the wall. So I didn't think it was meant to be like a Jesus metaphor. I mean, I and, and, it, and it might not have been, but why would you choose to like have your actor die in that position? I mean, there's so many different ways. He could have just been like flopped on the floor, you know, or not have his arms out, you know, like he could have just been like pinned to the wall with the harpoon a different way. I don't know. I just felt like it just, well, it just seemed like... I mean, and, but does he though? Because he, mm -hmm. at first he catches the harpoon. So then yeah. he, oh, I guess, but then doesn't he get kicked in the, in the balls? Maybe. Maybe I if just, you get kicked in the balls, you're, you're in, you're, uh. Yeah. I just remember his like arms draped over. Yeah. And He's like so. holding like the wooden, the two mm -hmm. wooden things, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. That's yeah. an interesting thought. It was just an observation. I did like the slow-mo, slow-mo dubs though yeah because you gotta have the slow-mo doves mm -hmm. <laughs> in a well, shall we get into categories let's get into categories okay before we do Sonia I know we we hit our 20 points but didn't we also get an extra point we did so we're at 21 right now which means I am only 19 points away from picking the next movie <laughs> you're yeah, like right? oh dear god <laughs> no I'm excited so so here's my question are we gonna keep like counting up so like every time we get 20 so we're at 21 so we're not starting at one again so we're gonna go like 21 40 60. yeah I think we should because I think it's once we hit every multiple of 20 I get mm -hmm. to go cool so do we need to should we set a goal like what do we do when we hit 100 points I mean aside from you of course you'll pick a movie mm -hmm. but like should we do something else to celebrate 100 points probably yeah I but guess I we'll think about that. it yeah we'll think about it and and our listeners if you have any ideas all right so categories I'm going first this time yeah all right so for favorite character I had a hard time picking a favorite character 
um, because I just didn't like a lot of the characters. <laughs> I was going to say, because they're all awesome. <laughs> because, um, yeah. So, but I chose as my favorite character, Caster Troy's son, Adam. Oh, I felt like he was the only really likable character in the whole film. <laughs> and part of it was because I, I, I liked that somewhere over the rainbow sequence. Um, and I, and I do like that he gets, I, I do like that he gets, he's just so cute and innocent. It's really know, just cute. like listening to his music while there's gunfire going on around him and, you know, just does what he's told. And you just kind of feel for this kid because, you know, he's until the very end, you feel like this kid has no chance, you know, like he's just been born into a horrible life. And, um, so I do like that he gets his, his happy ending at the end. So that yeah. was, he was my favorite. I will say though, Sasha clearly really loved him, and so did mm-hmm. Diedrich. Um, yeah, but just, I feel you like... know, it was to grow up in that life. Like, how do you? How do yeah. you? Yeah, exactly. And you do know the version of "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" in the movie is sung by Olivia Newton-John, right? That's Olivia Newton-John singing. Uh huh. I didn't realize that. It all comes back to Greece. Oh my goodness! Or Xanadu. Or Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, my favorite character was Dietrich. Um, okay. And I think like he had amazing one-liners, which I thought was, um, he I, like anytime he, la- he spoke, I pretty much laughed out loud. Like that whole shootout in his place. And one point I actually thought like, oh man, his place is getting really messed up. And then he <laughs> was like, his line was something like, oh yeah, damn, my place is getting fucked up. And I was like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is. Um, But he was, I mean, sort of similar to your point about Adam, like he clearly really cared about him and he really cared about his sister, possibly in a way that's inappropriate, but we'll just skip right over that. But like when he got shot and he like walked over to her and he was, you know, just had his hand here and was like, go get out of here. Like I'll, I'll catch up with you. And then he just is like gushing blood from his neck. And even then he's talking to Castor who he thinks is caster and he's like we had some good times didn't we man and then he just dies and i felt sad when he died yeah no he was a very you know even though he's playing for the wrong team like he he was very loyal and and i agree he did you know he did he did love his sister you really don't want to talk about how much he loved his sister no no one wants to know that (laughs) that was apparently did you read about this that that was um a choice that the actors made they yes yeah (laughs) I'm like, I would not have made that choice. But okay, uh, I mean, I mean, it, I feel like it fits in with the rest of the film. <laughs> well, know? sure. As like an over the top caricature. This is how nuts these people are, yeah. um, you know, borderline incestuous. But uh, yeah, but oh, I hate I hate that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, that brings us to least favorite character. This one was actually easy for me. I picked as my least favorite character. Caster Troy's brother, Pollux Troy. Oh. Um, I just, he just creeps me out. Every time I see this movie, you know what bothers me the most about him is his voice. And he talks in like this kind of yeah. way. Uh-huh. And what medication did I have when I was in? I mean, I, I just Oh, you have to do a really good imitation. Thank you. I, I cannot stand his voice. And I, his, he's just so. He's a little bitch. Yeah, he really is. And I, and again, like we talk about one dimensional characters, you know, you would hope when you have a, 
a pair of siblings, at least one of them has some kind of a redeeming quality to make it a little bit more interesting. And, and just neither of them had that. And I, I just didn't, he was just such like a, he was such a follower. Yeah. Um, well, and- I agree with you in like, I would have loved to see the prequel of why are these two the way that they are? Why are they so close? Mm-hmm. Um, and why are they both so terrible? Yeah. Mine is a little bit of a departure. Um, and I will admit part of it is also because of, um, I'll just say this was um, appropriate casting. I chose Carl. Who's Carl? <laughs> the boyfriend <laughs> who tries to oh. impose himself upon um, Jamie. And I'm just okay. going to leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. We don't have to get into it. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I love it. I agree. I like your answer. Thank you. All right. Um, worst, least convincing performance. So mine is very specific. It's not about an entire, like an actor's entire performance, but just this one specific part in the movie. So I, I put as my worst or least convincing performance was John Travolta when he gets his face back. I just, <laughs> the scene, the slow motion scene of him, you know, like we kind of like, we see a glimpse of his silhouette in the window and then he slowly peers around the doorway and he's like smiling, but he's not looking at anybody. And it was just, it felt like it was almost like John Travolta was so used to playing Castor Troy Mm -hmm. that he forgot how to play Sean Archer. And it was, it was just kind of, I don't know. It was like, it just made me uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to root for him. I, I was cringing. I was like, ew, what is going on with you right here? I almost feel like that's on purpose though. Cause I, I feel like they kind of want you to think that like, oh, did it work? And it's really him coming back. And then the whole like face waterfall, mm-hmm. that's when you know, cause that's how you know who it is. Do yeah. they, do they waterfall your face or do they not? Right. You don't know until you get the face waterfall. You just don't know. I will say, did you know that the original ending, they left it as ambiguous so we wouldn't know? Mm-hmm. And apparently audience test audiences did not like that. I would have been mad well, as a test audience member. I, yeah, I don't know how I would have felt about it, but um, that's true. I mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe that's why it was kind of weird, but it just, I, I didn't, I wasn't like excited about it. It's fair. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I mean, we're getting off on a tangent here. I honestly don't know how I feel about, even though I said, I like that Adam gets a happy ending. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about him being adopted by the arch enemy of his I father. I totally agree. Cause it's like, it's almost like you know, the emotional reaction you're having to wearing his face and now you're raising his child. And I said to Sean too, as we were watching, I was like, I would be a little concerned that this kid would just grow up to have like psychopathic tendencies mm-hmm. like his dad. Yeah. Or he's going to look like his dad. Yeah. And then, and then Sean's just going to be forever haunted by this image. I, I it just does not seem like a good idea. I, I, I also, I also don't like the idea of like replacing his dead son with someone else's son it, by yeah. the, who's, who's the son of the person that killed his son. 
Correct. I don't know. I mean, it's a noble thing to do, but you know, I, I, it's just one of the things kind of like, remember, remember when we talked about pretty women, pretty woman, oh my God, I still do. (laughs) I don't know why I keep doing that. We talked about pretty woman and we, and we had said that, I don't think that this relationship is ultimately going to work out. Yeah. Even though we're left with that happy ending, like we're left with this quote unquote happy ending that, oh, he's got his face back. His daughter is dressing like a quote unquote normal person. And now Mm -hmm. they have this little boy that they're going to take care of. And the daughter, Jamie does the face waterfall and the Mm -hmm. kid's like, okay, let's go play. Um, But you know, there's, there's just so much that you need to unpack. It's, it's like too nicely wrapped up at the yeah. end. I think that he just felt obligated because remember as Sasha was dying, she was like, promise me you'll take care of him. And he mm-hmm. just, his response was literally like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. know. I feel like he, like, he's the type of guy that would be like, I promised her. I promised yeah. her I would do this. So I'm yeah. doing it. That's true. It, oh, um, I was going to make a joke about how in Face Off 2, we'll find out. But apparently they're doing a sequel. They're writing it right now. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, so we have to go see it. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm going to be first online. Uh, duh. All right. <laughs> All right. Who did um, you pick? Okay. My least convincing performance. And I feel bad because apparently this was this actor's first movie or first really anything I chose Dominique Swain, who played Jamie Archer. Oh, yeah. Daughter. Just so bad. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I agree. I feel like part of it was the, I mean, there's not much in the screenplay to work with. But mm-hmm. yeah, what else has she been in? Do you know? She's been in a lot of really random things. Okay. Um, I was actually slightly disappointed that you didn't have a list of movies because I feel like I would have seen many of them. Well, let me look it up right now. I know she was in a movie called Tart. Mm-hmm. She was in another movie called Lolita. See yep, here. she was in Lolita. I have not heard of any of these movies that I'm. Yeah, seeing. none. That's the thing. Like a lot of them are not really well-known movies, but like mm-hmm. for some reason, I've seen a lot of her. I mean, I don't know what a lot is compared to like normal a lot, but mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of her movies from just like, you know, when you're a kid and you like walk around the video store and you would just like pick up random stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like she was often in the movies. Yeah. Her character was interesting in the sense that I, I felt like, and maybe it's because today, like a bad girl probably, I don't think would dress or behave the way she was um I I think again it would have been interesting to see a glimpse of her I mean maybe it wasn't necessary but to see a glimpse of her in that early footage of Sean with his son yeah when his son gets shot like if we saw Eve and Jamie also Mm -hmm. and not got a sense of what I mean even though like when we first see her she's complete like her makeup and her her clothing and her attitude are, are over the top and um, does not align or track with um, their, her parents, clearly. Um, I also, you know, Joan Allen's character, they just made her so unbelievably plain 
Yeah. Um, which was disappointing because I think she's a tremendous actress. I agree. And, and beautiful. Um, like she's like, I mean, not that so that beautiful. means she's a better actor than or not, but like, and also beautiful. Like they just mm-hmm. made her like very like, nah. yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they watered her down a lot for this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and uh, that being said, that kind of brings me to best performance mm-hmm. if if we're ready to segue to that we are um I did pick for best performance Joan Allen okay and I, I wrote in my notes please don't be mad at me Sonia but I wrote she's a real trooper for even agreeing to be in this movie oh <laughs> I love her I love her too that's and that's the thing because like I said I think she's a tremendous actress I I felt I, she seemed so out of place. I, I feel like they did everything they could to make her character like so compl- so plain and washed out and unappealing, which was disappointing to me. And I, and I, and I don't really see how that, I, I don't, I don't understand what would have hurt to have her just be her beautiful self. You know what I mean? I read um, that they originally wanted to cast um, a younger actress and make her a stepmother, mm-hmm. but John Woo really fought for Joan Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that, I think she played, I think she played the role well in terms of being like the disappointed wife in the beginning and then just sort of taken aback by her husband's change in character and and just the confusion when she uh is confronted with the possibility that that's not actually her husband um I just think that as an actress I always feel that she carries herself so gracefully yeah in any role that she's in um I think she's just a beautiful actor I think she's a beautiful person. Um, and I, I just love her. I think this is more just because I heart Joan Allen. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm giving her best performance, even though I will say, I know we talked about, I do think that I did enjoy Nick Cage in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like John Travolta had a lot of fun <laughs> playing yeah. Pastor Troy. Um, I think that, I think that Joan Allen's character as Eve had a little bit more, I don't want to say conflict because I think that Nick Cage as Sean Archer probably, I, I think he faced the most, but um, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I, she was the most believable to me from beginning to end, despite, despite everything. <laughs> so that was my answer. Despite this movie. Um, <laughs> well, I've already, I mean, I think it's no surprise because I've, I've brought this up a couple of times, but I chose Nick Cage. I think I, I totally respect that, you know, and as we've talked about the movie, I, I think I agree with you, but it's too late for me to change my answer. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know. Right. Cause as we were talking about, I was like, no, he actually was really good in this movie. Like, um, really and it's, good. You, know, you know what it is. And this is, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but whenever I watch this movie, I think because it's set up that they've literally switched faces Mm-hmm. I sometimes get caught up in that reality in the universe of the movie and yeah. forget that it is actually Nick Cage playing <laughs> these two separate roles uh-huh. as opposed to John Travolta with Nick Cage's face. Like I know, I, no, I, didn't I know what you really mean. switch faces in real life. Like I get it, but you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You lost me at, I 
we kind of talked about this. I had a lot of, you lost me at first. I wrote so many, um, but I, <laughs> like, and, and I, and I'll just like read off what I wrote. So like one of, but then I'll get to my biggest one. Um, so like my first one was like, why didn't they just kill Castor Troy after they took his face? That would have solved a lot of problems. Um, I know I talked about why they didn't tell anybody outside of this small circle, um why did it have to be so top secret especially since it wasn't an airtight plan i know we talked about caster troy as sean archer's relationship with the daughter why would sean take home the son of his arch enemy but i said basically the biggest you lost me at was the whole plan for archer to take troy's face and and how ill-prepared everyone was (laughs) not the whole movie but just the whole onset of that plan like hey we don't know where the bomb there is a bomb we don't know where it is this is our idea of how we're going to figure out where it is. Um, You're going to take his face. We're not going to tell anybody you're going to take his face. We're going to put you in this maximum security prison. And uh, you're not even going to know how you got there because no one's going to know that you're actually Sean Archer. And you're going to try to get his brother to tell you where everything is. And then we'll come get you. But again, we're going to keep, we're going to keep Castor Troy alive even though he doesn't have a face anymore. And he's, you know, like basically what they, I think assumed he was like about to die. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just like all these things like, really? I didn't think this through yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah. Like there's a lot that could go wrong, but it's, you know, it's totally fine. But we got it's this. Totally fine. We're, We're just going to carry out and nothing bad will happen. Yeah. And can I, you know, something else that I wanted to talk about that we, that we didn't get to. Um, and I, maybe not you lost me at, but I'm sorry, this is completely unrelated, but I just wanted to throw this out there. <laughs> I, I kind of flipped back and forth between how I felt about this, but there were a couple of moments in the movie, again, this is completely unrelated and off topic, where I could see like actors attached to strings or, or harnesses or whatever. So like when, they're, when they get shot, there was an explosion, like, and they like get shot and, you know, they like take flight. Mm-hmm. Like I could see that, but I read that um, Wu like did not want to use any CGI for this movie. So, um, so a lot of the, uh, special effects, um, were practical effects instead of CGI. Well, that's a great segue to my, you lost me at because oh, okay. mine is, mine was, um, there's so many times where like the stuntmen are clearly just random dudes and you're like, <laughs> so if we just put these two dudes in suits, no one will ever think that it's not Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. It's just, <laughs> Any guy wearing a suit is them. Like, this is so... And it's funny to, like, to the point where, like, I know it. I know the movie so well. So I kept saying to Sean, like, watch this. This is the most egregious one. (laughs) Like, you're really going to see that it's just two random guys. Like, the the whole, like, boat um, chase scene is, like, ridiculous. Like, when he's, like... Yeah, it's supposed to be Nicolas Cage hanging off the side of the boat, like holding onto the chain. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just some, this is just some guy. I, you know what, if I, another, you lost me. I, I mean, there were just so many times where all of, like both of these characters should have just died. Like in well, real life, yeah. you know, I mean, and I, and I have to say like the boat chase scene, I think that was when one of the scenes, like when it got to that point this time around, and I think this might've happened the last few times I've watched the movie. I, I think, cause I'm so overwhelmed by all of the action 
that I was just kind of like, seriously, <laughs> I can't handle. It's like, oh, we didn't get a boat chasing. We had an airplane, um, but we didn't get a boat in there. So we got to get a boat in there somehow. It just, it was just felt so over the top to me. <laughs> I love you. Do you still want to be my friend? I don't know. I don't know. It's my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. You are. Don't love the boat scene. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Did you? <laughs> no, I- have- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, I recognize that this is like a ridiculous <laughs> movie. Did you notice any of those scenes like I'm talking about where you can see the wires that are attached? I didn't to see them? the wires. So I feel like I need to really go back and look at that because I do like, like I was saying, like all the stuntmen, I'm like, no, that's not, you're not, you're not Nicolas Cage. Okay. If you go back and watch them and maybe I'll see if I can get screen grabs of these and I'll mm, post them okay. on, on our Instagram. Because I bet there's one in the scene where like in the very beginning where he gets like sucked into the thing. I bet you can see it there. Yeah, um, I didn't see one there, but I oh, did okay. see one in that same scene in the airplane hangar. And it was one of the FBI agents um, and he's, and he's running and you can see the wires and then it cuts to something else. And then I think Caster Troy shoots him with some kind of gun that creates an unnecessarily large explosion. So the guy gets you, like, how did you watch the movie? Cause I wonder if that's why too. Cause I, it, I have the DVD. Oh, I watched it on Hulu. Okay. So yeah. I wonder if maybe for some reason, like the way that it's edited is different. Maybe because it, it, it was so egregious to me, like to the point where I was like, how did I never notice that before? And then hmm. the, the other time I noticed it was, it was when Sean Archer as Caster Troy is hanging from like a skylight. I think it was during that whole somewhere over the rainbow scene, but afterwards and, and he and um, Caster, like the fake, each of them, it's so hard to talk about the characters, but they, yeah. and they have like a face off. <laughs> and then I think he ends up on a roof, but then he's hanging from something. Is that after the brother falls? I think, yes, it's after the okay. brother falls. And, and so Sean Archer as Caster Troy is hanging from the skylight you can see the wire behind him oh it must be the way that it's like edited or something because yeah. I feel like I would notice that yeah you had me at I mentioned this a few times well I I have a runner-up I'll share my runner-up so the runner-up you had me at is the face waterfall but that's because but that's because I do it to Brian and Lee as a joke like Aww. like sometimes like there was one time Yersika Lee and I were in the grocery store and I forget what happened but he started getting like really animated about maybe it was like the prices of the the steaks or something like totally that totally fair and then I just did a face waterfall to him and he like crumbled he was Aww. laughing so hard um so that's fun to do like when I feel like hey okay um so that's my runner up but then my real you had me at and I mentioned this before I really do love the somewhere over the rainbow sequence I think that that's the best part of the whole entire movie and and it's interesting because I read that um John Woo had to that was like a last minute decision yeah had to pay for that scene out of his own pocket um, because the studio didn't think it was a good idea. They didn't think it was going to translate wow. well. Well, hashtag worth it. I know, right? I, I actually, that's my favorite part of the whole movie. I love how, I just love the whole execution of it. I love how everything is happening in slow motion to fit with the, the motion of the music. Yeah. But it's so violent 
Um, and having that juxtaposed with this little innocent boy who's just, whose mom is just trying to protect him and keep him safe, not just from getting shot, but having to witness what's going on around him. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's one, it's one of those scenes that I feel, I think I like it so much because it's not just straight up violence. Um, there's, again, there's like a layer to it that makes it really interesting and, and appealing. And I just thought it was, I, I was beautiful to watch. Yeah. I do think that John Woo, like as a, as a director, as a visionary, I I think he, I think his work is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great scene. Um, So sort of similar, like another scene that I think is like cool to watch visually is the whole scene in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And particularly the part where like all like the gun triangle, except it's more than triangle because there's more than three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also love that scene because it sort of like reminds you how this is just such a confusing situation. Cause like when Sasha comes in, she gives the gun to the wrong person, oh, the right. yeah. quote unquote wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Caster Troy as John Travolta is like, no, 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 that's not, I'm Caster. That's Sean. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love that whole scene. Um, I feel like it just like kind of, captures the whole essence of the movie but also I think also shows you that like even if I almost feel like even if Sasha sort of had an inkling that it wasn't that Nicolas Cage wasn't caster she maybe still would have given him the gun because I feel like he was that like that 48 hours that she spent with him was probably the kindest he's ever been to her yeah um and I think just was showing that again like sort of building that character and um you know really showing the impact that he had on this other person's life in a really positive way in such a short amount of time yeah I think it's interesting because I I think it is more believable at least in in film for well I don't know if I should say in film in the context of this movie I think it's more believable for caster Troy to soften Mm -hmm. as opposed to Sean Archer just turning into a total dick yeah you're totally you know? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Favorite line. Okay. I had some runners up. Okay. And I'll read those first. One runner up was, it's like looking in the mirror, but not. <laughs> and yep. then the other, and my other runner up was, think about me, this nose, this hair, this ridiculous chin, which is said by Caster Troy Sean Archer, mm-hmm. which, and that line was actually Travolta's idea, which I thought was really funny. but I picked as my favorite line and I think I picked it as my favorite line because it pretty much sums up the entire movie Mm -hmm. and this is when the head FBI no it wasn't even the head FBI guy it was it was it was Archer's partner the one who gets killed is Uh proposing this plan to him to do this whole face transplant take on his identity and Sean Archer says you're asking me to break the law, risk my neck, put in the dark all the people who love and trust me. I'll do it. Mm, I just, that is a great line. It really is. It is because because when, when I heard him say it, I was like, what? <laughs> like for this time, I was like, you just listed a whole bunch of reasons why you shouldn't do it. And then you're like, I'll do it. I'm <laughs> in. I'm in. <laughs> that is a good line. So. I think, yeah, that's my favorite line. What's yours? 
Um, I so mine sort of also sums up the movie. There's no chance I'm going to deliver this line as well as John Travolta did. Okay, but it's in that scene when they first see each other for the first time in the prison, mm-hmm. and he he goes, "Ooh, wee, you're good looking." <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> My second favorite line, and always has been, is the "wee, what a predicament." Also said <laughs> by John Travolta. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, I he, not only I feel like that was partly why he probably had so much fun because he had the best lines. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Nick Cage did in the beginning, although I wouldn't say he had the best lines as Caster Troy. He had the most disturbing lines. He sure did. Yeah. He sure did. Yeah. So um, but but John Travolta as Caster Troy being Sean Archer. They both played the opposite characters better than each other, I think. Like, I think uh, Nicolas Cage was a better Sean Archer, and John Travolta was a better Caster Troy. You know what? I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Too bad we don't get a point for that. Damn it. (laughs) Because we scored zero. (laughs) I know. I don't even know what kind of category that would would fall under. Random crap thoughts thoughts. should we add a random crap category I mean maybe (laughs) (laughs) no you're absolutely right and I think that that explains why like what I was saying before how I forget that it's you know the actor playing this other role because Mm -hmm. I think you're right I think Nick Cage did play a better yeah Sean Archer and I think John Travolta played a better caster Troy I think John Travolta's caster Troy was a little bit more digestible yeah the nick cage's caster troy he was more fun less creepy yeah 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 um but i mean you expect nothing less from nick cage if he's gonna go creepy he's gonna go big yeah yeah because that's that's how he does he does he goes big Mm -hmm. or he goes home okay well we made it to the end we We did zero points but that's okay yeah i didn't think we were gonna score any points I went into this with low expectations, but I mean, I I hope you're still my friend, even though it's not my favorite movie. It's okay. But, but I understand, I understand why you love this movie so much. It's so good. Yeah. I stand by that. (laughs) And, And I, and I, and I stand by my statement that as long as you go into it, understanding that it's ridiculous and, and oh for sure expecting to have fun then mm-hmm. then it's it's a worthwhile watch and I I also recommend watching it with other people so you can talk about it as you watch it because mm-hmm. it's more fun that way it really is yeah okay so it's time to move on Sonia mm-hmm. and talk about our movie for our next episode uh-huh. so this movie that I picked um, it was a movie that I had asked you about on our shared Google Doc. Okay. Um, those of you who may not have listened to earlier episodes, I shared at one point that I created a Google Doc that I um, that I share with Sonia where I'll list some movies. And if she's seen them, she leaves them in one column. If she hasn't, she's moved, she moves them to another column. And this particular movie, I think you might have like written, I don't know if I've seen it, I need to ask Sean. Mm, but then it okay. eventually got moved over to the I nope never saw it okay column so I'm gonna assume that that means that you did not see it yeah um also by the by the time our next episode airs we'll be 
in early September, which means we'll be back in school. Okay. So I wanted to pick a movie that takes place in a school because I thought that would be fitting. So I picked for our next, next film, which is quite a departure from Face Off. Oh, man. Our next movie <laughs> is, are you ready? Drumroll, mm-hmm. please. Brrr. Dead Poet Society. Okay. So, so That's far. so funny. It was just um, in a TV show I was watching the other day. Oh, I think it was on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Re- today they referenced the Dead Poet Society. That's so oh, funny. Oh weird. My goodness. <gasps> That's weird. Crazy. That is creepy. Right. Okay. So Robin Williams is a teacher for these boys. Um, and I'm assuming the boys are the Dead Poet Society. I'm not really sure what that means. I kind of think that they're like resistant to learning for some reason, even though they go to an expensive private school and that probably drives their parents crazy. But then they have Robin Williams as a teacher and then they feel like they want to learn because they all stand on their desks at some point and say, and like recite, Oh, captain, my captain. And one of them dies. That's the movie. Okay. Well, I'm excited for you to watch it. It is an emotional movie. Oh no. <laughs> so just be prepared. Like I said, this is this is a departure from face off. This there is no no boat chases, no um slow motion doves. Not even one dove. Not even one. Well, I don't recall any doves. There are okay. no face transplants of any kind. So it is very different. It is a little emotional. Okay. That's All cool. Right. It'll be fun. No, it'll be good. It'll be fun. And we'll enjoy we'll enjoy talking about it. And I'm excited to to hear what you what you have to say me about too it. i am too okay. it's a great pick thank you all right that's the end of our episode but don't forget to follow us on instagram at nnsipod and if you enjoy our podcast tell your friends they can find us on anchor apple Podcasts, and spotify like and subscribe and all the things and join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about dead poet society we'll see you then because you've got lots more to watch and i've seen nothing So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye.